Welcome to the Mid Podcast, where we talk about random shit, geek stuff, and wrestling. You can find us on Twitter and YouTube at the Mid Podcast. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button and leave us a comment. And you can listen to us wherever you stream your podcast. Apple, Google, Spotify. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the mid podcast and select the tier that fits you to hear our exclusive content for our Patreons only. Also, if you want merchandise, you can find that at the-mid-podcast.creator-spring.com and pick you out some merchandise to rep the show. I am one of your hosts, Catherine, here with my co-host, Brendan. Hello. And we are getting ready to review the spoot, what is it? Most stupidest WrestleMania ever. Mm. No, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as stupid as I thought it was going to be. There's been worse. Yes, there has. There has been worse. It was actually pretty decent. So we are going to review the two nights of WrestleMania 38. So, Brendan, are you ready to get mid with some WrestleMania? Sure. So do you want to just jump in or do you want to see how your predictions went first? Mm, Let's talk about it first. Okie dokie. So, your overall thoughts on WrestleMania without giving anything away. Day one was good. Day two was ass. I did think day one was better than day two. Like, I was not as entertained with day two as I was with day one. Yeah, day two was bad. I don't know if I would say it was bad. It was just not as entertaining. I feel like day two was a little more predictable. There was one match I only cared about on day two. I don't think it lived up to what it should have been. But we'll get into that later. Okay. Okay. So let's just do some random WrestleMania stuff for WrestleMania 38. Question for you. Who do you think is going to open Monday Night Raw tonight? Roman, Cody, or someone else? Roman. I don't know. They might say Roman for last and let Cody open the show. Sell out. Don't call him a sellout. He ain't a sellout. I'm kidding. So, out of five stars, what would you give WrestleMania 38? Three. It seems like what the majority of people's given it. Okay, I have 
have some takes from people. Um, that we'll do at the end of the show. I want to read them to you and you give me your thoughts. Okay. Why are people tweeting me about Elon Musk? I really don't give a rat's ass about Elon Musk. You do know that they usually lie when they give their attendance numbers, right? Yeah. Because, like, they said, how many were in attendance for night two? 78,000. How do you get 78,000 people when you only sold 65,000 tickets? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know about that one. I think there's some foolery going around with that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's jump in and then we'll do some takes at the end of some stuff I want to go over. So, let's talk about the pre-show. The pre-show was two fucking hours of nobody, no matches, but fucking idiots sitting there for two goddamn hours talking about shit. In that two hours, you could have had some matches. Finn Balor, Ricochet, yeah in the pre-show and people would have tuned in to see that but instead for two damn hours i sit here and watch this stupid cunt talk who looked like a fucking 1980s barbie doll like the jacket she wore on day one i had a fucking barbie doll named crystal that had the same fucking dress made out of the same material Yeah, nobody cares about the pre-show. Now you know what people do care about. The buy-ins. Oh, what? The buy-ins. Yes. Have you heard what the buy-ins on WrestleMania are yet? I haven't heard. I'm talking about the AEW pre-show, mother. Oh. Well, that's what I'm saying. People would have paid more attention to the pre-show if you would have had some matches on there. You had your inter- your Intercontinental and your U.S. Champion not even fucking at WrestleMania. Like, they weren't even on any fucking card. You could have put those two matches in that two-hour fucking pre-show. I did not need to see fucking video packages of every goddamn match you were having for two days. You showed me those video packages enough during SmackDown and Raw. So, combined, the actual WrestleMania show was eight hours, correct? Four hours mm-hmm. each night? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, eight hours, you think there would be a lot of wrestling? Right? Mm-hmm. Why was there only three hours and 12 minutes of wrestling? That's a wonderful question. 
because of video packages. And entrances. Like, I get the entrances thing. It's WrestleMania. And 20-minute entrances. And like you said, it's WrestleMania, so I, I, would, I can expect the entrances to be longer than, like, if it was on Raw or SmackDown. And it's the same thing like when they do Super Bowl. Like when they do the Super Bowl, the entrances for the Super Bowl are always better than what they are when you just go to a regular game. Yes, because it's the biggest show of the year. So that I can get. But showing the same video packages in between every match was unnecessary. Didn't fucking need to happen. It's just flat out stupid. I agree. So during the kickoff show, they interview Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods on night one. Did you see Xavier's outfit? Yeah, King of Drip. He also called him Butch, Botch, and Bitch. Yes, but can I say, this is to Xavier Woods. I love Xavier Woods. Been a big fan. Honey, the 70s called, and they need their clothing back. No, it's fine. Yes. They need Man, I can't back. wait to watch the Kofi Kingston Xavier Woods match on night one. That was the highlight of the evening. What are you talking about? <laughs> so... Can I say that Kayla Braxton is as annoying as Renee Young? Nope. And I think I would rather listen to Renee Young. Nope. Well, I think I just said it. What you gonna do about it, you little punk? Disagree with you and move on. (laughs) So our first match of night one is a tag team match. Are you shocked that they started both nights with tag matches as their first match? They don't know how to do tag team wrestling. But are you a little shocked that they did, they started both nights with tag teams? Doesn't bother me. So we have the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. I always wanted to call him Rick Boobs. Like, you know, titties. Yeah, Rick Boobs he gave out. Um, I wrote down, Shinsuke looks like a construction zone with that outfit. Hey, those outfits were amazing. Shinsuke looked like a construction zone with his outfit. I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I am not saying it was a good thing. I'm just saying he looked like a construction zone. So Shinsuke starts it off. And he kicks Jimmy. I think it was Jimmy Uso in the face. Then we see the Uso start taking it to Shinsuke. Then... Rick Boogs comes in and begins to take out the Usos. 
one of them did a really nice vertical suplex. And as Rick Boogs has one of the Usos on his shoulders, the other Uso brother jumps on top of him. And it looks like his knee gives out. And so now we're going to have Shinsuke going alone because Rick, Rick Boggs is outside of the ring. And there was rumors that they cut this match short because of this. And the Usos retain their title. Who would have guessed? But my thing, my one pick is with the Usos. They have this move called the 1D. Basically the 3D. It is basically the 3D from the Dudleys. Did you call Devon and Bully and ask them for their permission to use their move? Oh, technically they can use the move if they rename it. And since their thing is since day one, That is still disrespectful to the dead. I know, because nobody does the 3D as good as them. So, come to find out, Rick Rick Bugs does have an injury. He has a torn quadricep patella and will require surgery and is rumored at the present time to be out at least six months, if not longer. Get better. Hopefully Nakamura is part of a budget cut by then. Well, I didn't say nothing. So we do wish him a speedy recovery. And we're going to talk about this injury versus another injury on night two. Um, next, we have Happy Corbin versus Drew McIntyre. Don't care about this match. I, I really wasn't interested in this match. I mean, I've always liked Drew McIntyre, but I really didn't care. Um, Drew always comes out with that big sword. So I wrote down, I like swords and not just ones in guys' pants. (laughs) Continue. So I have a question for you, Brand. Oh, God. Who has the tightest tits in wrestling? Ethan Page or Drew McIntyre? Ethan Page. I was noticing, I mean, McIntyre ain't too shabby up there. I mean, he could give Ethan a run for his money for tightest tits in wrestling. Maybe we should put that as a Twitter poll. We got Canadian top tits and Scotland top tits. Uh Uh-huh. We should put that as a um, Twitter poll and tag Ethan in it so he can vote for himself. (laughs) So then we see Drew's talking, taking it to Corbin. And it looks like something happens to Drew's knee. So Corbin begins to focus on the knee, which is smart. And Drew hits his Claymore, gets the win. And he ends Corbin's undefeated streak. Did you know Happy Corbin was undefeated? No, and I really didn't care. Well, answer to trivia now. Who was the wrestler who defeated Corbin in his undefeated streak? Drew McIntyre. Then Drew takes his sword, not the one in his pants, and cuts cuts the top and middle rope. 
Good thing Madcap Moss moved. Madcap Moss would be macapitated? He would be dead. He would be macapitated instead of decapitated. And then if you notice through the rest of the night, them ropes were never the same. Nope. Like they, they were, were off center. Yeah. So next we have the Mysterios versus the Miz and Logan Paul. Logan Paul looked really fucking good for no fucking reason. That is what I wrote down somewhere in my notes. And that seemed to be the consensus when I was like on Twitter. That seemed to be like the consensus on Twitter that night. It was like, damn, Logan Paul is really good in the ring. Um, let's talk about the Mysterio's gear. Ray comes out in gear dedicated to Mexico, and Dominic comes out in gear dedicated to America. And if I'm not mistaken, Dominic's gear was kind of a throwback to something Eddie Guerrero had at one time, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I thought their gear was pretty cool, though. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it looked really good. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was really badass. Like I actually liked it. So then we see Dominic clearing the ring, taking out Miz and Logan Paul, and then Miz rolls out of the ring and pulls Rey Mysterio down by the leg. Then we get a cheap shot by Logan Paul, and this is where I put Logan Paul looks decent in the ring. Then Ray gets the tag. He begins to take it to the Miz. Miz throws Ray into the ring post. Then we see Logan Paul do the three amigos from um, Eddie Guerrero. And the crowd is booing him as he's doing the three amigos. (laughs) The Miz and Logan Paul wins. And then... This was very strange. The Miz gives Logan Paul the skull-crushing finale and turns on Logan Paul. Not the turn I was expecting. Definitely not the turn I was expecting, but you have to admit, The Miz is probably one of the top heels in wrestling of all time. Yeah, he's good. Like, of all time heels, Miz is probably in my top five. Yeah, the Miz is a really good heel. I put the match was entertaining and good. I would say it was a good match. Would you think it would be match of the night? No. So next, we get my favorite. Becky Cunt, I mean Becky Lunch, Becky Lynch, I'll get it right in a minute, versus Bianca Belair. Um, looking at Becky's outfit, I wrote, what the fuck is she wearing? Looks like something at a rock concert. And you proceed to tell me as I was on the phone with you at this time, she looks like who? 
the head singer of Paramore. So what did you think about Bian- Bianca Belair's entrance? So HBCU bands are really fucking amazing. Why was that one so bad? I don't know. Maybe they should have got North Carolina A&T. They can know how to rock it. Like, HBCU bands rock. Or every time I hear them, they do. But, man, that one just felt off. And it could be. It probably rocked in the stadium, but didn't come across on the television as good. Yeah. But I loved her entrance with the with the band. Yeah, it was cool. Damn. They bring Cody Rhodes in and they have an HBCU band already. He really solved racism. <laughs> Damn. You're savage. So my next note is what the fuck is that shit under Becky's eyes? Did she forget how to do makeup or something? Yeah, I don't know about that one, Chief. I mean, did Seth bust a nut on her face and she forgot to clean her face? Just asking for the audience. We'd like to know. No, I don't want to know if Seth busted a nut on her face. (laughs) So did you notice how pissed Becky looked for the crowd popping for Bianca? Well, she's trying to be a heel. She just sucks all together. Then we see Bianca extends her hand and Becky clocks her. And then Becky goes for a fast hand, and Becky is beating the shit out of Bianca. Then we see where Bianca gets to mount a little offense. And hold on a minute, Brendan. Pause this. Your daddy's calling. Okay. So my next question for this match, how many times does this bitch got to pull up her fucking boots? I mean, Becky, if you're going to wrestle, wear fucking boots that you ain't going to pull up every two goddamn seconds. I think that's just the wrestler thing. She was the only one that did it for two nights. Not a wrestler thing. It's a stupid cunt thing. I will say there was way too many covers in this match for my taste and kicking out. Then we see Becky pushes Bianca into the stairs. And another pet peeve of mine in this match. You see Bianca laying across the top rope and getting kicked. Yet another fucking person laying over the top rope waiting to get kicked. I've seen this two not, uh, in two matches in AEW. Now I'm seeing it here. Can y'all not come up with different moves? I don't think you understand the thing of people have the same moves and movesets, mother. I understand. Then stop. I just said it's stupid. 
Then stop complaining about it. I will complain about what the fuck I want to complain about. And you're going to shut up and listen about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> then we see Bianca plants Becky outside of the ring. Bianca hits her KOD, pins Becky, and is your new Raw Women's Champion. Yay! Yay, best match of the entire WrestleMania two nights. This was probably the best match of WrestleMania. Third best match of the weekend. And it was another match that I thought could be a contender for for match of WrestleMania. And that is the next match. And that is Seth freaking Rollins versus opponent to be named. Said opponent to be a name is none other than the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, which we all knew. We all knew. So it wasn't like a surprise shock. Like if they would have put out like a Shane McMahon. Bray Wyatt, Veer. Veer's coming tonight. That would have been a shot, but everybody knew Seth's opponent was pretty much Cody Rhodes. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff Cody has said after his WrestleMania match. No, Brendan, I do not want to fuck you. You're my son. If you could see him, my camera, that's why I think of Cody Rhodes right now. Why are you flipping me off? I didn't do nothing. I'm not flipping you off. This match didn't live up to what I thought it was going to be. It oh, was I thought it one. was a really good match. I'm like the only one that doesn't think it was a good match. I'm not saying it's a bad match. Not saying it's a good match. It was mediocre. Wow, I thought it could contend for match of WrestleMania. Mm, no, there was better. So anyway, let's get in. My question, what the fuck are you wearing, Seth? Hey, don't talk about what Seth's wearing. He can wear what he wants. So how long did it take you to figure out Cody Rose was going to be Seth's opponent? From watching WrestleMania. Two weeks ago. Well, no. When did you get, like, the absolute, it's nobody else but Cody? When the lights went out? No. I knew it before the fucking lights went out. I figured this shit out. Because if you looked at the ramp, you had seen there was a hole cut in the bottom of the stage for the Cody Vader. I mean, it could have been used for the Undertaker's 20-minute entrance, which we didn't need on both nights, but that's another thing. The Undertaker doesn't use the Vader no more. No, you don't use the elevator like that no more. It was the Cody Vader, and as soon as I seen it on the stage, I knew Seth's opponent was Cody Rhodes. For sure. Like, I would have bet all my monies on that. 
can I say, I now deem Cody Rhodes as a sports entertainer. On April 3rd, 2016, I left sports entertainment. April 2nd, 2022, I'm back. I'm glad he got to keep his music and his persona. Even though his theme songs are shot at Vince McMahon and Triple H. I enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed the pop from the crowd. So then we get to the match. Seth and Cody lock it up. Cody has the arm bar on Seth. It kind of looks like he's humping Seth's arm. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I mean, you got a wife and she ain't that bad looking. You should be humping it, not Seth's arm. Then we see Cody focusing on the arm of Seth. And it looks like Cody hurt his ribs. And then we see Seth begin to focus on that part of his body. And then we hear Seth tell Cody, welcome back. Welcome back to the big leagues, bitch. Mm. That's the only comment you got? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm is what I say when I'm thinking about Warlord fucking me. I have a lot of pent-up aggression in this match. And now's a good time to discuss it. Mm, No. No, it's not. And then we see Cody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Seth misses two curb stomps. Seth kicks out of the crossroads. Cody kicks out of the pedigree. Seth tells Cody that this is my moment, son of a bitch. It takes three crossroads and a bionic bionic elbow for Cody to pin Seth to get the win. I thought this was an excellent match. And I can't remember who said it. I want to say Corey Graves said it. He goes, Seth's WrestleMania dreams just became a nightmare. Yeah, I don't think the match was all that good. I don't think it's as good as what everybody says it was. Why? What specifically do you not think it was good? It was too slow for my liking. Well, when was the last time Cody was actually in the ring? The last match he had was against Sammy Guevara when? December? Two months ago? January? January? I think he had a match after. I think he had a match after that. But I, I like Cody. And I like Seth. I just didn't like this match. It felt... How do I put this? There's the AEW way of having a match. And then there's the WWE way of having a match. Okay. This didn't feel like either one. 
I feel like it was just too clunky. And yeah. I could see that because normally you know who your opponent is, so you kind of can prepare for them. Seth didn't have any idea who his opponent was going to be, so he really couldn't come prepare for them. And I don't know if I should say this or not. What the fuck? I'm going to say it anyway, because if you are a true diehard wrestling fan, you would already know this shit. When you're wrestling against somebody before the night of your match, you get in the ring with that person and y'all work over shit. It looks like they didn't get together to work over shit. I see what you're saying. So that's why I don't think it's as good as a match of what everybody thinks it is. But that's just my reasoning. Well. Everybody has their opinions, and opinions are like assholes. Everybody does have one. All right, so. We're moving on. At the end of that match, Cody bends down in the middle of the ring and kisses the ring. Oh, well. He's a sports entertainer. We don't talk about sports entertainment. Well, damn. They say the attendance for night one was 77,899. I can see it. Then we get the Hall of Fame recap where Everybody that is inducted into the Hall of Fame is standing on their star. And the last person they introduce gets to come out by himself and all the other inductees are off the stage. 20-minute entrance. I did think it was cool they let Undertaker be on the stage alone. 20-minute entrance. What you got against the Undertaker? I don't have nothing against the Undertaker, but his entrance takes too goddamn long. Well, I mean, the man's had like three hip replacements. He walks slow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't take you in five hours to get your entrance in, hip surgery or not. Okay. Anyway, thoughts on Hall of Fame induction. You liked them, didn't like them. I walked away when they came on. Oh, I love the Steiners back in the day. You should love the Steiners. They went to Michigan. Oh, I like them now. Cool. <laughs> they wrestled for the University of Michigan. Well, hopefully they don't have an allegation like another college wrestler the WWE just hired, but I will get into that at a later date. You have to tell me that off the air because I don't know. I haven't heard that. Yeah. It's bad. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about that after we've done recording. So the next match is probably 
the best match of WrestleMania ever. Out of 38 WrestleManias, this was the best match ever in a WrestleMania show. We have the Queen Charlotte Flair versus the baddest bitch on the planet, Ronda Rousey. Please Sorry. note, I was being sarcastic when I said it was the best match of WrestleMania ever. I flipped it over to the Duke and UNC game during this match, so I have no idea what happened. Oh, I got lots of notes on this match. Um, I got Rhonda looks like she's ready to tango. Michael Cole refers to Charlotte as the greatest of all time, which I do not think she is yet. No, because you know who is. Who? D M M D. D. Um, the match went back and forth between the two. Rhonda's face hit the belt. Charlotte Flair gives her a spear. We have a nice scoop slam by Rousey. Then we see uh, Rousey gets the ankle lock. Flair reverses it. Then Flair suplexes Rousey into the barricade. Um, we get a non-count. They both get back in the ring. Charlotte begins to run her mouth. Rousey kicks out of natural selection. And, of course, Charlotte takes out the ref. Charlotte ha- Rousey had Charlotte beat by tap out but the ref was knocked out of course charlotte kicks rousey and gets the win said match was good but ref fucked rousey with count off wave i heard it was a box fest it yeah so yeah i i didn't watch it so i have no opinions about it Our next match was supposed to be The New Day versus Sheamus and Rich Holland, but that match got cut. Even even Sheamus and Rich Holland and The New Day love the acclaim. (laughs) Everybody loves the acclaimed. Everybody loves the acclaimed. Anthony Bowens is the best. He tweeted that out. I died. So they cut that match to make time for the KO show. KO comes out dressed in his wrestling attire. The crowd chants, we want Austin. KO proceeds to say, if North America was a human body, Texas would be the ass. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that statement. Then we hear the stone cold glass break. Crowd is popping like hell. I put Austin looks ready to fight. KO is warning Stone Cold to come to the ring, and Stone Cold walks back, gets his ATV, and rides it around the ring several times. He almost flipped the thing trying to get it down the ramp. I seen that. 
Then he kicks the chaos on, throws the other one out. KO tells him to cut the music. The crowd begins chanting Austin again. And Stone Cold tells him, you want to bring me out for a conversation, calls him a stupid son of a bitch, and ask him, how do you compare Texas to Canada? Owens proceeds to tell Austin that if he lived that close to Mexico, he would have moved to Mexico. It's right there. <laughs> K.O. refers to himself as a sophisticated French Canadian. Well, he is from Montreal. Or he's from Quebec. Montreal is a city in the province of Quebec. Quebec City. Yes, there is a city called Quebec City. Anyway. K.O. also proceeds to say that he is a big, beautiful French-Canadian bastard. I mean, Stone Cold tells him that. Stone Cold starts looking around. Because K.O. says he brought him there for a fight. Anything goes. Yes. They did not advertise this as a, as a match. Nobody had any idea we were going to have a match. Stone Cold proceeds to say, bring me down a goddamn ref. And they bleeped out God. Well, no, he was going to say it, then he stopped. I thought they bleeped it out. No, he just stopped. So then the bell rings, and they begin teeing off on each other. And Stone Cold... I was entertained by this match. I don't know why. Because it's Stone Cold. But Stone Cold begins to stomp a mud hole in KO and walk it dry. Then we proceed to see Stone Cold drink a beer. Then KO sends Austin into the ring post. KO pulls out a table and Austin puts KO into the table. Then we see where Kevin Owens suplex Austin on the concrete. KO gets on Austin's ATV and tries to start it, but can't figure it out. And then we see Austin get on the back and they drive it up the ramp. And then Austin suplexes KO on the stage. KO then gives Austin a stunner. Austin kicks out. KO has a chair. He gets ready to hit Austin with the chair. He misses. It bounces off the top rope and hits KO in the face. (laughs) I don't know if he was supposed to do that, if it was botched, but it was funny as hell. I think it was supposed to happen like that. Then Stone Cold gives KO a stunner, pins him, and then we see two cops 
escort KO out of the arena. I guess you don't shame Texas. No. Um, few takeaways from this match. You can tell that it had been a while since Austin had wrestled because he was like out of breath toward the end. He's also 56 something years old. Was really surprised he took a bump on concrete. Yeah. Me too. Giving his neck surgeries, really surprised at that. I think that's a good thing for Kevin Owens. That Stone Cold has trust him enough to where he would allow Kevin Owens to do that. Exactly. So, I have a few takeaways from night one. I said, not a bad first night. Sucks that they cut the New Day Sheamus match. Best match, Bianca, Becky, or Seth, Cody. And I would give night one an eight out of ten. That's why I would give night one. Do you have any takeaways from night one? Mm. No. Night two. Night two's got got some hype to live up to after night one. Night one starts off with one of the best entrance music of all time. Triple H. It is time to play the game. Unfortunately for Triple H, game is over. Triple H comes out, I put hell yeah. What? Hurt condition. Crowd is popping for Triple H. Triple H gets in the ring. He is soaking up the moment. He's thanking the fans as he's pointing around the stadium. You see he has a set of wrestling boots in his hand. He sets the boots in the center of the ring, which is a sign of retirement. And the crowd begins chanting Triple H. This broke my heart. Having seen the man wrestle in person, have loved him since he came to WWE. It was sad. It was, like, really sad for me. Well, some everybody's going to retire one day. Like, I kind of felt like you did when Taylor Hawkins died. Yeah, I could see that. Because, I mean, I grew up in, like, I love me some Attitude Era WWE. Monday Night War. Like, I would figure out which one I wanted to watch and record the other one. Next. There's like a segment of my life pretty much died when Triple H put those boots in the ring. 
This thing's still kicking around. So, let's actually get into matches. Yay. I do want to say I wish Triple H all the best in his future endeavors. Sad we'll never get to see him wrestle. Wait, Sad future endeavors? Are you, are you saying he's going to get budget cut? He might invest in his own company. <laughs> you missed that joke, didn't you? No, I understood exactly what you were saying. <laughs> I'm just upset that he did not get his retirement match. Yeah. And he and Triple H has lost 13 matches at WrestleMania by putting other people over at WrestleMania. One of them is Undertaker. So, anywho. Anyhow, let's get into matches. So, night two starts off with a triple threat tag match. We have. RK Bro, Street Profits, and Alpha Academy. <sighs> That's what I think of this match. Match starts off with Riddle, Gable, and Montez Ford. There is action everywhere. We see Montez taking out the field. We see Gable do a moonsault onto the floor. We see Otis beating the shit out of Riddle. I put in parentheses, thank you. Montez drops, drop kick Gable. Then we see Dawkins taking Gable and Riddle out. And Orton finally gets the tag. And Orton starts the clean house. Yay. Love me some Randy. I've loved me some Randy Orton since he came to WWE. Then we see Orton puts Ford and Gable through the announce table. Then we see the Street Profits do vintage. Uh, the Street Profits take vintage Orton from Randy Orton and Riddle. Then we see Gable get a two count on Dawkins. And his two count? Do you know how he got Dawkins on the mat to pin him? No. From a top rope bulldog. Ah, nice. It was a really nice move. Oh, no. What? Twitter. Okay, what about it? Share, share, share. It involves something that I said I would tell you off air. Oh, okay, we'll discuss off air. Okay. Then we see Randy do the RKO on Gable for the pin. Um, he caught Gable flying off the top rope, and he was caught by Randy. And I noticed that Randy had a cut over his left eye. Oh, I didn't notice Randy was cut. Brendan. What? Can I tell you something? 
Hmm. You like Matt Riddle? Shush. You like Matt Riddle? Shush. You like Matt? You you think Matt Riddle is hot? Fuck no. I'd fuck a goddamn bumblebee before I fuck Matt Riddle. <laughs> then we see the street prophets give RK uh, RK bro red cups. I said the match was okay. Then we see the Street Profits and RK Bro invite Gable Stevenson, Steven, Stevenson, however you say his name. Stevenson. Um, in the ring, he gets in the ring with Chad Gable. And Gable proceeds to give Chad Gable a German suplex. Well, and then he the crawls out of the Gable. ring as, as RK Bro and the Street Profits are standing at the end of the ramp with their little solo cups. And they all do cheers. Well, not the first time Stevenson did something about forcing himself on somebody else. So next we get the almost and Bobby Lashley match. Good to see Bobby back after his concussion. I didn't care about this match either. Um, I said match was okay. Um, almost takes Bobby Lashley down with one strike and almost begins beating the shit out of Lashley, but Lashley uses his power. Lashley slaps almost and then almost gives Lashley a boot to the face. You want to talk about rearranging your face? Take a boot from almost. Then we see Lashley going for the hurt lock and almost elbows him in the ear to break it. Lashley suplexes Omos, then spears him and gets the pin. Said the match was okay. Yeah, I didn't pay attention to this match because I didn't give a fuck about it. Okay, takeaway. Omos looks really bad. Omos needs to go to NXT and learn some technique. Even big guys can learn technique and become a decent wrestler. Like Wardlow. Like the big show. Mark Henry. Mark Henry. Andre the Giant. He looked very sloppy, and I do not see them pushing him like they did before. They will. The plan is still to push him. I don't know. So next we get Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville in an anything goes match. Another match. I don't give a fuck about. I really didn't care about this match, but evidently, from what I've heard, the crowd loved this match, and everybody on Twitter seemed to love this match and thought it was, like, one of the best matches. It was good for what it was. I'll say that. It wasn't supposed to be a wrestling match. It was supposed to be a gimmick match. But... 
It was I didn't like, look the part Knoxville took the fire extinguisher to Zane. It was just too gimmicky for me. I like the part where Zane got his ass burnt and then his nuts bowling bald. Yeah, Sammy Zane's not having kids anytime soon. Can I bowl bowling ball Wardlow's nuts? Just asking. I don't think that would be kind to Wardlow. Oh, I'd make it really kind. It really soft. And really smooth. <laughs> and I would do the same thing to MJF and Roman Reigns. <laughs> Brendan, I'm going to need you to shush. <laughs> no. I-, I did think it was funny as hell when that pyro went off on Zane's ass. <laughs> He sold that so late. Yes. And then I put down in the notes, Knoxville wins by mousetrap. <laughs> and said match was stupid. It was decent for what it was. I'll say that. This so is then- my cup of tea. Because I like flips and I like super kicks. Brendan. What? Super kick party. Is it Wednesday yet? I wish. Don't we get the Young Bucks and FTR? Yep. For the Don't. Ring of Honor tag belts and the AAA oh. tag belts. Oh, it's for both belts? It's for both belts because Tony Khan loves wrestling. like that. Okay, so our next match is a four-way tag match for the women Raw tag belt, right? Yes. Naomi, Sasha, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Natalia, um, Shayna Baszler versus Carmella and Zelina. I cannot focus on this match. For one reason. No, Brendan, you do not need Liv Morgan to whip you with the whip. Aww. But why not? Hey, what you do in your bedroom is your business, not mine. You're an adult. (laughs) So I put, match was confusing having to keep up with who was tagging who. Yeah. Sasha and Rhea started off. Then we see Liv and Sasha on opposite ends of the ring going through the ropes, taking out the opponents. Um, Shayna Baszler is working on Liv Morgan's leg, trying to break her kneecap. Then we see Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley slam their opponents each from a different side of the ring. Oh, that was a pretty cool move. Um, Sasha gets the pin on Carmella, and Sasha and Naomi are your new Raw Women's Tag Team Champions. And that was all. Yeah. You know that Sasha Banks first 
WrestleMania win? No. Yep. Last, Their first WrestleMania win. Wow. So next we get the match of the night. Or so we thought. It is Edge versus AJ Styles. Yeah. I was thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed. Me too. With this match. Because I was figuring this would be the match of WrestleMania both nights. This was going to be the best match. However, before the match even starts, did you notice AJ had a cut on his face? Yeah, I don't know what that's from. Okay. I will be glad to tell you. Um, the dark sheets went on Twitter and said that he got hit from one of the pyros going off. Come to find out, homeboy clocked himself on the WrestleMania sign coming down the ramp. It's fine. I still love AJ Styles. I do too. But that was what really happened. <laughs> and I was more, I could believe the pyro shit after what happened to the Undertaker at Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. So I could believe the shit with the pyros going off because WWE don't really give a shit. The better, the more pyros, the better it is for them, and they don't care if their employees get hurt. Nope. So we see AJ drop kicks Edge, mounting an offense. Um, I had why the hell is AJ in Carolina Panther colors? I, I did know. notice he had like some Japanese writing on the side of his nope. pants. Maybe you know it's a sign that he's going to Japan. Okay. I wish, but he he just signed an extension a few months ago. Then we see a knee to the head of Edge who goes into the stairs. Um, looks like AJ hurt his ribs and Edge starts going after that part of his body. AJ puts Edge into the turnbuckle. <laughs> I put AJ ground and pound on Edge. I'd like some ground and pound from Roman Reigns. No, 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 no. Some ground and pound for Wardlow. No, 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 no. Grounded pound from no, 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 stop, stop. Then we see Edge lock in the STF, and AJ gets to the ropes, which breaks the move. Then we see them both teeing off on each other. There's several men in wrestling I'd like to tee off. Then we see Edge use the LaBelle lock on AJ, who gets out of it. Then AJ and Edge are on the edge, on the apron of the ring. And AJ suplexes Edge, and they both end up on the floor. They both make it back into the ring by a non-count. Now, this is the second time we've had a non-count 
and they get back in the ring. And it will not be the last time. They love those nine counts. It is a pet peeve. Please stop. Then we see AJ does the Styles Clash. Edge kicks out. Um, at this point, I noticed um, when AJ hit the Styles Clash and goes to pin Edge, the ref looks like she pulled her hand back before she hit three. Like, she was getting ready to do three, and she pulled it back like, no, I can't. Wouldn't be a surprise. Then we see Damian Priest come out and distracts AJ. Edge hits his spear, gets the win. Then we see Edge and Priest standing in the middle of the ring. I put partners now, question mark, what the fuck? Yes. It broke earlier in the week that they're giving Edge a faction, starting with Damian Priest. I am so not against that. I mean, I wouldn't kick Damian Priest out of my bed. You knew that before it happened. You know who else needs to join that faction? Finn Balor? Nope. Who? Rhea Ripley. Her and Damian Priest in an intergender match, they would kick some ass. Anywho, what's next? Anyhow, the attendance that they announced for night two was 77,453. Tell me how you get that number when only 65,000 plus. You already said that. That was night one. Night one was 77. Hold on, I wrote it down. Night two was over 78,000. It was 77,899. They had less for night two. On my thing, they said they had 78,000. No, it was 77,453. So tell me if you only distributed 65. Thousand plus tickets. How do you get that number? I don't know. It's them. That's that common core bullshit math that you learn in school now. Yeah. So WWE is behind common core math, evidently. So our next match was supposed to take place on night one. And they were nice and moved it to night two. We get Sheamus and Ridge Holland versus The New Day with Butch outside the ring. All five minutes of it. New Day don't even get into the ring and Sheamus and Ridge attack. Um, Butch distracts, distracts the ref. Sheamus gets the bro kick. Uh, Ridge Holland gets the pin on Xavier. I put, might have been better if match had stayed pulled. Well, that's what they get for having four hours of fucking video packages. All right. 
before I get to the next match, which I love the next match, except for some stuff that takes place at the end, I need you to pause. I'll be right back. Okay. Sorry about that little break. Unexpected emergency. So the next match, we have Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Good match. I thought it was a great match. Second best kinda, match of the weekend. I kind of like Austin Theory. Fuck Austin Theory. Now listen, listen, like I wouldn't kick him out of bed. Fuck Austin Theory. He's not a bad looking guy. Fuck him. He's a bitch. Little arrogant. He's a bitch. Little arrogant. Fuck him. Yes, yes I would. But let's get into the match. So, the first entrance music that we hear in this match is probably one of my top five of all time entrance musics. Maybe we need to do that one day on our Saturday Wrestling podcast. Like, do our give our top ten best entrance music. Entrance music kicks off with no chance, no chance in hell. We are getting Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. We'll talk about Vince a little later. <laughs> I did put, Vince still has the Vince walk. And anybody that has watched wrestling knows what the Vince walk is. You don't even have to know wrestling to know the Vince walk. And Vince introduces Austin Theory and says he is a future WWE world champion. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The moment he gets a any title is the moment I stop watching. For good. The crowd begins to chant, you suck at Austin Theory. Because he does. And they start booing him. Good. He deserves it. And Vince wants to take a selfie with Austin Theory. Do, do Vince even know what a selfie is? Probably not, but who cares? It's entertainment. Then we see Vince sitting at ringside watching the match. Can we talk about Pat McAfee's entrance? Which I did notes on. He gets the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Not only that, he gets Seven Nation Army. 
So that's like one of the greatest songs of all time. I had your Nana jamming to Blink-182 today. Eh, good. Good. So. The match begins. McAfee begins taking it to Theory. Theory now takes control of the match. McAfee gets a two count. Then we see Theory begins to unload on McAfee. Theory delivers two suplexes to Pat. Then Pat suplexes Austin Theory. Then Pat goes for a frog splash, something. He misses something. And I put in my notes, dude had some air. McAfee's good. I think McAfee needs to be used in the ring more. He could be really fucking good. Then I put... Motherfucker jumps from the ring mat to the fucking top rope. Suplexes theory and gets the win. After you did a backflip off the top rope. Motherfucker jumps from the mat to the top rope. McAfee is amazing. He has some athletic skills. McAfee is amazing. Like, I love Pat McAfee on commentary on Friday nights. If I'm killing Tom before Rampage, I'll turn on SmackDown just to hear his. I don't watch SmackDown. I don't watch Raw. I only watch the pay-per-views. I just watch wrestling in general. And usually on Mondays and Fridays, I have it as background noise because I'm, you know, Trying to write papers that are due on Sunday on Fridays. So we see Vince and Austin Theory walking alongside of the ring. And Vince starts to take his coat off, begins to unbutton his sleeves, rips his shirt off. Dude for 80 years old is still ripped. And then we see Theory cheap shot McAfee. Then we get a ref. And we have Vince versus Pat McAfee. They took a good moment and they fucking ruined it. They fucking ruined it because Vince had to book himself in WrestleMania. And you fired your son for booking himself at the Royal Rumble. You know who wouldn't book himself in the big sh- biggest show of the year? They go over <laughs> a fucking commentator. Nick Khan? Tony Khan. Who's Nick Khan? <laughs> uh, some big wig in WWE. Well, he sounds like Who's a, a dumbass. <laughs> he sounds like a bitch. Vince gives Pat three clotheslines and then pins him. And then proceeds to start beating the shit out of Pat McAfee. Between him and Austin Theory, they beat the shit out of Pat McAfee. Um, then Theory and Vince hug in the middle of the ring, and we hear the glass break. Crowd goes fucking wild. 
the Texas Rattlesnake is making his way to the ring. Again. Again. Stone Cold gets in the ring. He's talking to Vince. Um, you know my saying about being young, dumb, and full of calm? Yeah. Austin Theory, you are young, dumb, and full of calm if you thought you could sneak attack Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey, you sold that stunner perfectly, though. Because you're asking for a Stone Cold stunner, which is what your ass got. Then we see Vince and Stone Cold drinking beer in the ring. Stone Cold gives McMahon a stunner, which Vince botches. Like, it's terrible. Everybody today is talking about how the bad The worst stunner of all time. Like, Bully Ray on Busted Open today was like, that was terrible. What did they think of Mania? They thought it was pretty good overall. Bully said he liked night one better than night two. Dave LaGreca got a hard on when Cody Rhodes come out because, you know, he's a big Cody stand. Yeah. They loved Pat McAfee. Talked about his in-ring performance. As they should. Um, then Stone Cold calls McAfee in the ring to celebrate. Then Stone Cold stuns Pat McAfee. Hey. If I were to get stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin, I would be fine with it. Oh, could you? Did Pat do his show today? I'm assuming he did. I'm going to have to go back and find it and watch it because you know he was in hog heaven. He took a stunner from Stone Cold, got his ass kicked by Vince, and beat Austin Theory. Getting stunned by Stone Cold is like, an important thing in somebody's career for no fucking reason. If you get stunned by Stone Cold or take a tombstone from The Undertaker, that's a rite of passage. Yeah. But let me tell you what the best part of this match was. announcing table drinking beer. Drinking beer. That is the best gift there is. Best. Best ever. Is it gif or is it jif? According to Nala Rose, it is gif. Because it is gif. Because there's no J. There isn't. So, it'd be like God. Would you say Jod? Yes. You don't ask. Now we have to talk about... If we just base... No, I'm still talking about the McAfee match. So if we just base the Theory McAfee match, that was probably the best match of night two. Yeah, I can agree with that. The shit at the end was stupid and I really didn't need it. I mean, I was happy to see Stone Cold give Vince a stunner, but... The rest of the shit really didn't need. So, on to our main event. Main event was very anticlimactic. It was ass. That's my opinion. That's all I'm saying. Roman comes out first. 
Did you see the sign in the stands by any chance, Brandon? Acknowledge these nuts. Yes. You know how Roman says acknowledge me? Yeah. I would acknowledge his nuts right to my mouth. <laughs> Brendan has turned off his camera again. <laughs> I'm getting good at making him turn his camera off. So Heyman grabs the microphone from the ring announcer and introduces Roman. Hands the mic back to the announcer. And the announcer's getting ready to introduce Brock. Brock takes it and introduces himself. I love this Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it sucks he lost. Yes, it sucks he's lost. But I love this Brock Lesnar. And I have been a Brock Lesnar fan since he came to WWE because him and Randy Orton came at the same time. They came into WWE at the same time. Let me clarify that. They yeah, that's but that's another story. But I have been their fan since they debuted in WWE. That was like 20 years ago. Yes. So Lesnar has first offense. Lesnar is looking loose. Roman looking kind of tense. And then we see Heyman kind of lures in Lesnar and Roman steers Lesnar into the barricade. Um, then he gets another spear. Lesnar kicks out. He does a Superman punch and another Superman punch. Then Lesnar catches Roman and gives him five suplexes in a row. Then Reigns proceeds to do a third Superman punch on Lesnar. Roman goes for the spear. Lesnar catches him and puts him in the F5, and Roman kicks out. Then we see Roman drives Lesnar into the ref. So you second match of the night. No, second match of the weekend where your champion has taken out the ref. And a nine count happened. And a nine count happened again. So that was what, two in one night? Mm-hmm. The AJ match was one. Um, then Roman hits Lesnar in the nuts. Then he hits Lesnar with the belt. Lesnar kicks out. Then Roman gets the spear. Then Lesnar puts Roman in a submission hold. And Roman proceeds to think he has pulled his shoulder out of joint. I there's a picture going around. I think he did. No, 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 no. I yes. No, he did not pull it out of joint. No, he may have stretched something a little too far. That hurt, but he didn't pull his shoulder out of joint. 
because if the motherfucker would have pulled his shoulder out of joint, he wouldn't have been able to lift his fucking arm. Um, are you forgetting 2016 SummerSlam? Balor popped his shoulder back in during the match. Yeah, but we did not see Roman pop his shoulder back in. We seen Finn do it. And when Finn hit that barricade, I told you he hurt his shoulder. This was a work by Roman. If you have watched wrestling long enough, you can tell when they're working an injury and when a wrestler has a true injury. Like when Boogs went down, I told your uncle, I was like, he's really hurt. He tore his knee. I said, he's either tore his knee or he's done something with his leg. This was a fake. And it wasn't even a good fake. Roman didn't even sell this shit good. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't care. The main event sucked, and that's all I'm saying. So Roman gets the spear and wins. We all knew Roman was going to win anyway. Yeah. Even though I was pulling for Brock, knew Roman was going to win. So here are my takeaways from night two. Night one was better. The crowd loved the non-wrestlers more than the wrestlers. Thought we could have used Finn Balor or Ricochet for night two instead of the Sheamus match. Was disappointed with the AJ Edge match. The Austin Theory Pat McAfee was the best match of the night. There was an anticlimactic finish for the main event between Reigns and Lesnar. And I felt emotional seeing Triple H place his boots in the ring. Night two gets a three and two out of five. I would give night two a four out of five stars. That's a bit high. Now, if we're going out of 10, I'd give it a 4 out of 10. Still 2 out of 10. But that's just me. You're you're anti-Fed anyway. It's not that I'm anti-Fed. It's just night 2 sucked ass. If I was anti-Fed, I wouldn't have watched WrestleMania. I wouldn't be talking about it right now. I mean, I'd much rather be talking about fucking Supercard. Now, that was a pay-per-view. Yeah. So, this was somebody's opinion on some matches from WrestleMania and what they give it out of five stars. So, tell me if you agree with their their assessment of said matches. The Theory McAfee match, incredible entrance by Pat. In my opinion, it was the best build up into WrestleMania. The Adam Cole match at TakeOver 30 was great, and this one too was great. Not a fan of all the stuff with Vince. He gave it a three and a half out of five stars. I can agree with that. The Roman Brock match. The match was fine. Oops, I lost my place. The match was fine. 
it's just hard to get excited if you see it over a hundred times the story wasn't terrible the ending felt lame but it was the right winner he gave it a three out of five two out of five the four-way women's tag titles put fine right winners gave it a two and a half out of five i can agree with that the Edge and Styles match. Fantastic match. I liked the pairing of Edge and Priest. The story was disappointed, but thankfully they are continuing. Gave it a four and a half out of five stars. I'd give it a three. The Sheamus Ridge versus New Day. Garbage, all four of them, plus Pete Dune, deserve better. This match lasted one minute and 41 seconds and gave it a two out of five stars. One star. Um, the triple threat match for the tag belt. Fun way to open show. Decent ending. Should have done the Otis and Gable. Gable deserved everything. Fuck Gable, Gable Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah. Fuck Gable Stevenson. And he gave it a three and a half out of five stars. Okay, I'll agree with that. The almost and Lashley match. Send almost to the PC or something. That guy is terrible. Good for Bobby. Really surprised that Bobby won. Match itself wasn't good in my opinion and gave it a one and a half out of five stars. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Knoxville Zane, another talent buried, gave it a one out of five stars. Yep. Is that all? Um, hold on, I'm going through my phone because, uh, oh, this tweet come out from my guy, Justin Labar. I love Labar. He said, I think Austin's last physicality at WrestleMania ever, Undertaker in Hall of Fame, Triple H retiring, feeding same week, they likely furthered Roman's legacy while loudly hyping Gable Stevens and guys like Braun Breaker lurking. It's finally time to embrace the future. Maybe a few years overdue. What do you think of his tweet? They'll still find a way to fuck up. Okay. So I have some some numbers on some matches. The Shinsuke Rick Boobs Uso match was six minutes and fifty-two seconds. <laughs> well, the Drew McIntyre. Okay, that one makes sense. That Boobs got hurt, so that one makes. Because they had to cut that short. That yeah. that makes sense. The Drew McIntyre match was eight minutes and thirty-eight seconds. The Miz match with the Mysterios was eleven minutes and fourteen seconds. The Bianca Belair-Becky Lynch match was 19 minutes and 7 seconds. The Cody Rose match was 21 minutes and 32 seconds. 
the Charlotte Flair Ronda Rousey match was 18 minutes and 20 seconds, which I think was way too long for that match. And the Stone Cold Austin deal was 13 minutes and 55 seconds. So that runs out to about an hour and 35 minutes of wrestling on a four-hour show. Something like that. Did you notice that Cody Rose in his match hit the Stardust Honk? I saw it on Twitter. Well, I don't have nothing to add. So, that is our WrestleMania review. For a WWE show, it was a lot better than what I was anticipating. Stand and Deliver was better. Supercard of Honor was the best pay-per-view of the weekend. Well, yeah. But anyways, close us out because I'm going to go make food because I am hungry. But anyway, as we say on the mid-podcast, because you're mid and you know it, we are mid-out. Goodbye, internet.